Welcome to the Burnham Brothers Jiu-Jitsu podcast, um, which is myself, Luke, Cooper, and our other, my younger son, Cooper's younger brother, Bodie, who's actually uh, homeschooling at the moment, so he couldn't be involved in this one. Right, okay. How old is uh, the youngest? He's 15. Oh, okay. He's, uh, yeah, Juvie Blue as well. Uh, How old are you now? Uh, 19. 20 in a few months. Okay. I guess when I met you, you were like 15 or 16 or something, right? 16. 16, we did a podcast. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this uh, podcast brought to us by uh, Cartel Los Angeles, who, um, yeah, a brand that we're both involved with, with um, someone you know very well, Cedric. Cedric, yeah, yeah. Is that thing, uh, is that brand getting big out there? Yeah, it's getting bigger. Um, so it's been good. It's just, you know, it's a work in progress. It's always, it's always hard to compete against the big brands that have plenty of cash, but, you know, yeah. we do what we do. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, welcome, Clark. I'll just go through a few of your stats to start with. So, uh, a lot of them. Pan champion, uh, Nogi Masters 1 champ, US National Pro champ, UAE Grand Slam champ, American Nationals champion, multiple placings at Worlds. Um, the list goes on. And also, uh, what I wanted to thank you for was before we mentioned about Cedric was... Uh, you did a private with Cooper, like you were saying, when he was 15, I think it was, at Absolute. Um, on our, or Cooper's second trip to America, my first, I messaged you about uh, a good place to train and you said, check out Cedric's. That's where he's an affiliate of mine. Um, so we went there. And since then, we've become great friends with Cedric and Roxana. Um, yeah. Coop stayed there the last two times that he's been to America, stayed at the house and um, done all that. So we want to thank you for that because without your... You're telling us to go there. We wouldn't have gone there, and that's where we go now. We base ourselves out of there every time we go there, so thank you. That's very convenient, right? Close to the, the Pan Am location. Yeah. Right the center. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. So uh, we'll get into it. So uh, how are you? How is uh, quarantine in San Diego? Uh, well, it's uh, definitely slowed down, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, in the middle of maybe like three weeks ago, it felt like ghost town you know and uh jujitsu unfortunately is like the last thing that people can even think about doing uh in, in groups so you know it's forced me to explore other ways to share jujitsu which is which has been interesting you know because i got a lot more experience with uh just being in front of the camera and uh and just sh how to share different things building my youtube and uh following and and uh just creating more content. So it's been cool in, in that way, but uh, definitely missing the, the social aspect and, you know, the, the group, the friends, you know, I think that's a huge part of it, you know, just kind of like letting out some, some steam, sweat, just, you know, talk with your buddies and, uh, and, and the toxins from your body and, you know, come, come out of there feeling loose, feeling good, feeling your body's been, been worked and, uh, you know, helps you rest, whatever, you know, like everyone has different benefits from it, but definitely missing all that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a whole package so cool. isn't it, that Jiu-Jitsu gives you. It's not just, it's the, yeah, it's the social side. It's your, your friendships. It's everything that, that when yeah. well, this is, uh, got control of the world, which is, it's a shame. Yeah. How about for you guys? Uh, we're the same. Like we're, uh, I've got a gym in the, the country town where I live in Mildura. Um, and we had to close down probably five, six weeks ago now. Um, yeah. We're lucky in a sense that 
Cooper came home. He's been living with us for the last six weeks while their Jimmy Melbourne closed. So there was no use in being down in Melbourne. So we've been lucky in a sense that there's the, at least the three of us home that we can train together yeah. uh, in isolation. So we're still getting our roles and stuff in, but we miss everyone from the gym. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a real shitty situation, to be honest. It's true. It's tough. Um, but uh, I, th- I feel like if, uh, Australia hasn't been affected that much, right, from what I see the stats compared to other countries? Nah, the stats are really good here. We, our government went into a pretty hard lockdown pretty early, um, mm-hmm. closing gyms, social distancing, no, no gatherings over a certain amount of people. They went right. really hard really early. And yeah. so far, I think the country as a whole has only had just under 7,000 people with the disease and only under 100 have died. So um, we're lucky that they went hard and shut us all down, I suppose. But it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not easy though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very unexpected. Like um, my gym was one of the first things to close. And like at one point it was kind of like, oh, we're going to look at closing maybe in a few weeks. Then like two days later, they're like, nah, we're shutting the gym down. Like we can't risk anything. It's just shut it all down. Yeah, that's kind of how it was with me. I started hearing about the possibility of having to close the school and I was like, or, or, or that I should close the school. It's the responsible thing to do. And I had to talk to other academies in the area about it. I talked to Leticia Hibiero over here and she was asking me, are you going to close your school? What are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'll see how it goes. And like, sure enough, like the next day I had to announce like tomorrow was going to be our last day. You know? so. It's hard, isn't it? Because you feel bad if you, you you sort of feel bad if you don't do it, even though if if the we did it before the government forced to shut down too. But um, you sort of you sort of it's on your conscience if you don't do it. If someone gets sick at your gym, think, "Geez, is that my fault? Should I've done that earlier?" Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy times. But uh, hopefully, flatten the curve and and uh, come back, you know, with a little bit more attention to hygiene and, and yeah. you know, um, I think, I think just in general hygiene, you know, like people sometimes I feel, especially uh, when you travel different countries have different, they have different, uh, you know, cultures or, or, or customs of w- how often to wash their hands and what's considered yeah. clean and what's not, you know, yep. and I end up traveling a lot. So I see like different, different, you know, ways to compare and, uh, you know, hopefully the whole world will kind of like step up and, and it's a wake up call to the whole world. Yeah. If nothing else, it's a wake up call, right? For the future of viruses. And we just be a little bit more attentive of that, you know, stay on the alert. So that gets me probably onto our next subject is uh, there's been a lot of talk over here from um, different people that uh, with this shutdown on that solo drills for jujitsu are useless. Do you agree with that, or is that something that you think is still viable? Solo drills? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I think we kind of, we have to do, right? We don't have too much choice, you know? Uh, I mean, I feel like me as an instructor, I'm, I'm sending out videos to my, my uh, students and, and hoping that they have somebody to train with, but if they don't, then, you know, it just comes down to that. You know, it comes down to basically posting a workout i've been even posting my workouts i feel like i've become a personal trainer you know because I'm, <laughs> I'm like okay i gotta stay in shape so i'm gonna do this and then well i might as well record it and tell everybody what i'm doing and they can do it hopefully themselves at home and stay in shape so that when 
the quarantine is over, we can go back and train. We're not terribly out of shape and, you know, kind of maintain some kind of a rhythm. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, solo drills can be a great way. And maybe it's a, it's a good time for, like, especially the uh, more fundamental uh, classes, the, the, the white and blue belts, to brush up on their their movements, their understanding of those kind of – just the fundamental movements of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Clean that stuff up. So we'll move on to uh, what was it like for you growing up as a, with the last name Gracie? Was there uh, pressure? Was there, um, did you feel pressure coming into competitions or training or that you had to live up to anything? What was it like? Yeah, all the time, man. Uh, definitely. Uh, both in Brazil and in the U.S. I mean, there was, uh, you know, UFC was kind of starting to gain popularity. You know, it started in the in, in mid '90s, right? And then uh, by 2000, you know, the year 2000, it was getting more popular. I was in high school, and uh, and and yeah, I mean, I've had a f- I have a few stories where like I was like challenged, you know, <laughs> and uh, some some sometimes, you know, people ask what's your hobbies, and I talk about jujitsu, and then here it goes, you know, or uh, even a teacher would be like, "What's your name?" I get your, you know, your your something you know your, your paper or your name tag or whatever it is and then here's the name gracie and it's a guy that's watched ufc he's like gracie like hoist gracie and, you know, so, yeah like so tired of like so many people asking him it's like yeah yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> and, then, and then he thinks i don't even know what he's talking about you know like that happened to me before and uh yeah i had a really cool teacher at one point when i was like i think 14 or 15 that allowed like me and one of the biggest guys in, in the school like just cleared out the tables and let us just like go at it <laughs> after school. Not not MMA, but just like wrestling, you know. And uh, that was fun. <laughs> Who won? Uh, yeah, I ended up choking him out. I remember I, I was a big dude, and I got on his back with Matalion. He launched me off of the mount. He was really strong, you know. Like I mounted, on him. <laughs> he just like threw me a few times, but then I finally got to his back and put on a Matalion choke. And then he stood up, and then jumped back and slammed me oh. oh you know like i was on his back but i was just like oh i just took it and i was like <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like you know like all this uh you know popular uh, like rumors and like uh weren't challenged again i'm assuming <laughs> well it, i can't say i wasn't challenged again but yeah but like you know the rumor spread and then and uh <clears throat> You know, my dad has an academy too, so it's something that I would do every day after school. Yeah, I would just go to school, you know, and it become like a routine of life. You know, a lot of kids will think about, I think, what what sport are they going to play? Football? Do you guys say soccer over there or football? I don't know. Soccer. Uh, soccer, yeah, and then uh, rugby or you know whatever you place to play tennis. And uh, for me, it was just just jujitsu. I didn't really think about it. Like, oh, what am I going to? what sport am I going to play? What team sport? I mean, if it was during school, but after school activities, it was, I just left it for jujitsu and, uh, you know, I'm glad I did, but, but yeah, so that's a little different, you know, like you're already kind of like set with, with that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, you got a lot of stories, you got a lot of, uh, like people to look up to. <laughs> I had a lot of people to look up to. And then like, yes. I actually felt a lot of pressure. I think a lot of like people in my generation, because, my father's generation, they were like the guys that, okay, they learned jiu-jitsu and no one knew jiu-jitsu. So they were pretty much like invincible, you know what I mean? Like, yep. 
it was really hard for them to find anyone who would give them any trouble, you know, like imagine you Cooper right now, you know, being like my dad's generation in the family. And then like, everyone is white belt you know, or yeah. like white and blue belts. And like for you to like, it's just like, you know, easy for you, you know? So I think that's kind of like what my, my father and his generation grew up with. And so for us to hear like, Oh, my uncle, my dad, my, you know, whatever is undefeated. That's crazy. You know, yeah. for you to think about nowadays, like someone being undefeated, you know, in, in jiu-jitsu, sport jiu-jitsu, it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's right. Unheard of. So it's pretty, it's pretty hard to, to uh, embrace that and get through that first little hump and then understand that like, no, you know, when I lose, it's making me better. You know, I'm learning from it. I'm going to improve from that experience. I'm going to remember how I lost and I'm going to make sure it never happens to me again. Yep. And uh, understanding that that's okay, you know, and all the great champions, a lot of times they have stories that, man, I used to suck. I used to get beat by everybody. I used to get tapped all the time. And, uh, and then they, 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 you know, figure out something, something clicks, right? And then Yeah, they, turn that corner and go yeah. on to go. No stopping enough there. Yeah. So who were your um, idols growing up like? I'd imagine you've, <laughs> there was many of them through the family, but did you have any that weren't Gracie's? Did you have anyone that you looked up to or just Gracie's? It's, it doesn't matter, whoever they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of my, my older cousins and uncles, you know, they were fighting at the time when I was, like, pretty young, you know, like 10, 12, you know, 13. They were starting the UFC and starting the yeah, that would have been cool. MMA competitions, you know, so, like, Henzo's generation, Henzo Balf, the early days of pride, you know those tournaments uh all those guys that would fight i i thought that was pretty cool you know like looking at that and then to know that like all oh, this event is happening everybody wants to watch and i'm like looking like oh this is my family member you know <laughs> brings me a little bit closer somehow you know and so yep and uh kind of like almost predetermined like you're headed that direction too you know yep for me you know i, I felt like i'm going that way but um yeah, I think, you know, those guys. And then, you know, I always, honestly, I always looked up to people, I think, that had, especially as an adult, I look up to people that have good energy, good attitude, that, um, you know, aren't, like, super arrogant. You know, I kind of respect people's jiu-jitsu. Yep. Um, but the people that are more natural, the people that have good character, good attitude, those are the people I look up to in jiu-jitsu because if you think about it, like, Man, like, you, you think about a bully, right? Think about a bully. Man, like, that bully, he's going to want to smash you, rub it in your face, say stuff, say stuff that's, like, mean to you. But uh, what about, like, the guy that can beat up that bully and he doesn't say anything and he doesn't need to say anything? He's just, he's just humble. He's just cool about everything, you know? He's yeah. not trying to, like, show off or anything. Those are the guys that I, I would look up to more, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, and, and, and actually in jiu-jitsu, you – it's not uncommon to find both, but it's not uncommon to find people like that where the guy's amazing, you know, technician and uh, powerful uh, on the mat, but, uh, but kind of like, because he's so powerful and probably because he receives, I imagine because he receives so much praise, he kind of uh, feels he doesn't need to show off or anything. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. And I think certain characters in Jitsu, especially in the past few years, I'm starting to feel they need to build their image by talking, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, 
that's okay too. You know, like it makes it exciting. It makes it funny. It makes it, you know, maybe it's who they really are. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're just creating like a kind of a buzz, you know. But, uh, that joins into another question I had further on down. There you go. When you talk about um, characters that just do and don't talk, um, someone who comes to mind is um, Buchecha, someone who's like crazy good but portrays himself and is seems to be really a humble person. Yeah, um, he seems to be a humble guy, you know, good attitude, treats everybody cool. You know, I've heard really good things about him. I've met him uh, briefly a few times, you know, so um, guys like that, you know, you look at like, I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say because some guys I don't know personally like super well, but yep. some guys, you know, they, they just kick ass and they just keep going. And they you know, yeah. don't put on like, they, they don't rip their gi open like, ah, you know, a yeah. huge celebration, you know, just kind of like the other day, here we go. I thought it was kind of cool. I saw, uh, I think it was Paolo Miao interview. And in the interview, he's, they, they were asking him like something, I think it was ADCC, uh, they're saying, what if you, what if you, if you lost, if you won, how would your reaction be different? How would your, your next day would be different? And he said, wouldn't change, you know, just, I just go back to the mat the next day and, and yeah. back to work, you know? And he was like, what about the crowd, the crowds that are cheering for you? You know, uh, how does that affect you if, if there's, you know, the, and he's like, I don't care. I, I just zone out <laughs> you know? yeah. and like, he's just serious and, just, you know, straight with it and, it's uh he's just so focused you know the guy's like a he's, samurai you know he's it's, 110 uh, business 110 yeah, business, those, isn't he? those guys you know they they're champions for a reason you know they, i think they deserve it because they they just really put their whole life into it their, their whole life is revolves around that and there's people like that and you know you think about it this it's really a sacrifice you know like you guys you know certain people i don't know about you guys probably you live a balanced life you know you you have the the benefits of, of being in good shape and having jiu-jitsu in your life and everything, but you also have fun doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> and you find some of these jiu-jitsu guys now that are just obsessed and they're going to be amazing if they're not already amazing, but some of them, they don't, they don't really have anything else that they want to do they don't have or any other desire or somehow they're just so focused, you know? And yeah, yeah. It's amazing, you know, like those guys deserve it for sure. So over the last few years um, with jujitsu, I think everyone's noticed um, the amount of trash talking, shit talking, whatever you want to call it, has come into the the game in certain areas. Do you agree with it? Do you think there's a place for it? Do you think you'd rather not see it? What are your thoughts on it? I kind of think, in a way, it's becoming like uh, like pro wrestling, you know? In yeah. A way that those guys, they they want to like I said, they want to create their name through what they say, you know, and some of them, they might not even mean it. They just, they just want to uh, build that audience, create the hype, sell the fight, get, get more viewers. And, uh, and I understand that, but, uh, but I also respect the guys like, you know, the guys like, let's say George St. Pierre, who he never felt the need to do that. You know, I think that's yeah. something that's way more prominent in, in MMA, right? It started maybe probably before, but I remember first being like with Chael Sonnen, man, like the guy talks so much and said so much <laughs> yes. stuff to make people riled up and, and upset with him, you know, and then Conor McGregor, right? Like huge. And then, and then it started in the, the jiu-jitsu community as well with, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't really follow that one to tell you the truth, but like Dylan Dennis and, uh, 
and uh, AJ Agazarm, you know, like these, you know, characters like that, where they're just like, you know, and, and they're both tough, like really tough guys. Like all the guys that are out there, they talk, they're tough, but you know, some of them they they talk way more. <laughs> than, yeah, exactly. Than I think they they really need to, and uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, to tell you the truth, I even suspect that some of these guys may have even hired someone to run their social media for them. And it might not even be them talking. <laughs> no, and that wouldn't surprise me in this day and age. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, like there are some certain guys, you know, that I think I've heard that are really cool in person. But when you see what they say online, like really disrespectful stuff, you know, very kind of low class. And, you know, and people, people want to see it, though. They're like, oh, man, he said that. What's the other guy going to say? You know? Yeah. So it's, uh, it brings attention to jiu-jitsu one way or another. But, uh, you know, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a beautiful thing to do, I don't think, or a thing that everybody needs to do. But, you know, it just depends on the person. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Um, just going back, um, talking about, like, the graces and things like that. Have you heard of um, the film coming out by Robert Drysdale, uh, Close Guard, it's called? I was wondering um, if you know about it and your thoughts on that. Out of curiosity. Man, um, that reminds me that Robert Drysdale, who is like a documentary or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, was, he was telling me that he wanted to interview my dad. And uh, my dad was the first one to come to, to America. It's like maybe the first one to oh, really? start teaching jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Carly Gracie. And, uh, and I remember he wanted to interview him. And I don't know, they didn't connect, you know? So now I'm like thinking like, <laughs> like what? would have been cool if my dad was had some influence in that yeah for sure but uh yeah so i did hear about the it being produced i didn't know it was ready to come out yet uh, it's not gonna, i don't think it's gonna come out um until summer in okay. well, no, uh winter in america i think it is yeah like later this year i think he was considering to um show it at world masters but now i don't think world masters is going to be on um so probably even be released later mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm disappointed. My dad didn't get a piece of that because that's, that's cool to see it coming out. But um, yeah, I look forward to seeing it for sure. You know, there's a lot of really cool documentaries out there, and um, you know, I think it's important that I think it's interesting, and I think it's important for people to remember the history of our art. You know, like where it came from and, yeah. and the evolution of it, and recognize it because a lot of people get into jiu-jitsu right now. You know, and they just they know what's happening now. They know what's happening in the sport right now, but they don't really. You know, some schools nowadays they don't even have a picture of Elio or or Carlos Gracie on the wall, you know. And I think that's like you don't go into any legit judo school and there's not a picture of Jugo Kano, you know. Yeah. Right. So like I feel like every school should have a picture of Carlos Gracie and Elio Gracie. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, sort of, I sort of find um, I don't want to like pigeonhole anyone in particular or anything like that but i think um a lot of the new age sort of more sports jiu-jitsu people don't take the history of jiu-jitsu into account as much as they probably should they don't have a lot like as much respect as what they should especially because those are the people that you know form jiu-jitsu um that if without them you wouldn't have jiu-jitsu today so um pretty important yeah. to respect people that created it and um made it what it is today yeah, not even just the creators, right? But the people that, that you know, you have to credit the people like the, the second generation 
because they represented jiu-jitsu when it was time to like see what's the best martial art out there right like Hoist's yeah. generation henzo's generation my father's generation you know like uh that that whole time like my father's generation like that started even carlson right carlson he didn't create jiu-jitsu but he was the first guy to say you want to test jiu-jitsu i'm here let's do this you know let me show you, you yeah and uh elio of course was i think the number one the first guy carlos learned in japanese carlos senior taught to his brother elio elio started fighting you know his, his other brothers george also were fighting to defend the great the, the not the gracie name necessarily but the, the name for jiu-jitsu you know yeah and um yeah, it was amazing the history you know and and then hickson you know for a long time paul is before hickson and uh having these challenge matches, then I think he really started getting, gaining attention when it came to the U.S. and Horian created UFC and doing those, those uh, garage matches, you know, that we've seen like clips of and Gracie in action videos. Yep. You know, so. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the history of jiu-jitsu. I, um, my actual professor, like I'm under a different professor than Kubik, as you know, Kubik's under Tiago Stefanuti. I'm actually yeah. under um, Tiago Fajera. Um, from oh, yeah. Coast. Shark. and yeah, the shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's yeah, I'm always forever learning off him about the history of jiu-jitsu. He's uh, yeah, he loves the history, and it's it's great. I love hearing about yeah. it. Yeah, the, those guys are awesome. I, I like Chago a lot, man. I miss uh, coming out there to Australia. You got to come back. Yes, you do. Yeah, I got a gym that will host you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. I would love to check it out. No, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. So, couple of uh, couple of questions to finish up on. First one: um, Do you like or despise being called the best-looking grappler? <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, that that nickname, I, I often like correct people because, like, the thing, the real name that that came up was uh, most photogenic jiu-jitsu guy, something like that. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. I was like, it's photogenic, you know. Let the other guys be, <laughs> you know. It's, it's kind of funny because I had just won Pan Ams. It was 2013, and I won the adult division middleweight black belt. And uh, and I was, like, on that high of, you know, just winning that tournament. And then and then the next day, there was this meme out, you know, <laughs> with, a, with from, from a tournament the year before in New York. And, uh, and then I was getting all this attention from the picture, but I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, I want attention because I won. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I won that fight. That's cool. But I, I wanted the attention from, from the Pan Am win, you know? Yep. And the other thing that was funny about that was because a lot of people that aren't jiu-jitsu educated, like I went on Good Morning America TV show and one of the hosts, well, the host there that was there, the girl, she said like, oh, you look so relaxed and you're getting slammed or something, you know? But I had an almost plot on the guy. Like I was seconds away from finishing it. <laughs> She thought I was getting my ass beat, you know, like, <laughs> like throwing on the floor. So I was like, no, I really got to explain this. Like, no, it's a short <laughs> block, you know. But no, I just, I was like, well. <laughs> so some people don't understand it, but no, that, it was it was a cool moment, you know. In uh, and and some like some people said is is pretty cool to bring jujitsu to like the main main mainstream TV. Yeah, that's right. It's um. <laughs> It can be unfortunate, but yeah, it is a it is a, an avenue that gets you out or gets the sport out into the mainstream. Um, yeah, not probably not giving you the the um, kudos you deserve for that Pan Am win. 
Exactly. Yeah, I was. I was kind of, and I started getting tired of it. I was like, I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I started getting tired of it a little bit. My dad said, no, 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 like, you know, don't push the attention away. It's okay you get attention for that, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, well, I kind of like, I'd rather have the attention because of, you know, my, my, my finish. And actually, that year, I got submission of the year. I got oh, submission really? of the year twice. And that was that finish that I got in that, in that match, which was against Marcelo Mafra in 2013, became, it was the only submission at Black Belt Finals. And... In, in all the finals in the division, all divisions, and oh, yeah. uh, in all the final matches, you know, like they had all the finals one after the other. Yep. And mine was the only submission that day. And then, and it was an awesome submission. I got submission of the year. The guy passed out, you know, and uh, I actually didn't even know he passed out, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good day, you know, it was a tough day, a tough weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of talk going on with the uh, coming with the next ADCC coming up about the uh, super fight Gordon v Galvao. If that was to yeah. to happen, who would your pick be and why? If it was to go ahead, uh, I don't know. I know. I think if um, I mean Gordon has has a a lot more. Maybe, you know, he has his youth on his side, you know. Yeah, for sure. Got, um, Huge age gap. Yeah, may, maybe his endurance could be better, you know. He doesn't have a family to think about, you know, like things like that. You know, these, these things, you know, I, I think they really do play a factor. You know, I have a son now, so I oh, kind sure. of And, like, things make a difference. But for sure, I mean, Gavon has proved that he can, he can go out there and fight even under those circumstances. So, I mean, I don't really doubt Gavon, and I think Gavon is really good and, and uh, amazing athlete, but um, Gordon, you know, I think, I think actually, I don't know, I don't know Gordon personally, you know, I know Galvan, and um, I think Galvan is really smart, you know, like, he'll study guys, he'll pick it apart, he'll understand, like, all their strategy, he's very, like, methodical about all that, you know, and uh, he'll, he'll make it a science, you know, yep. and I think Donaher is also that way, you know, so it'll be, it would be very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, their, their styles, you know, they both like to take the back. You know, Gordon is uh, amazing when he, you know, to get to the back, you know, like he does like magic. And uh, but uh, I think Galvão, it's like really hard to do anything against Galvão. Like to really, you know, I've seen Galvão get, get beat a handful of times, but very rare, you know, very yeah. rare. Like, you know, he comes back, comes back strong. Gordon... I mean, I've seen him get beat too, you know, in similar ways. But uh, it would be a good match. I mean, I'm sure it'll, it'll cause a lot of attention for sure. And I believe there was some some shit talk a little bit, right? Oh. Already, you know? Just a little yeah. bit. Do you, do you even <laughs> think, though, um, Gavar will take the fight? Because really, he's like, he's coming up. I think then he'll be like nearly nearly 40. I think, I think he's 38 right now. And he's people accept it, right? Yeah. yeah, he's won everything. He doesn't. He doesn't need that match. It's Gordon who needs the match to show, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm the goat. You know, like, I feel yeah. like, um, yeah, I don't know. Galvao doesn't really need the match. It's more like it'll be for the fans if he does take it. Sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he needs it. You know, I, he even said, I think in his last, uh, some of his last fights, his last matches. I mean, uh, he told me two years ago that he was gonna retire you know and i think the only fight he did after that was last year's ADCC. Yeah. 
and uh yeah with penna yeah 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 so uh no definitely i don't think he he needs to do it and he probably doesn't look at it for the money but i remember him saying one time when he was going to fight kalasans in that same super fight event he said he said is that a problem you're going to fight you know your teammate for uh for this title for this fight you know and he said Hey, for forty thousand dollars, I'll fight my own grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's good ass. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they say the money might not be important, and but you know, deep down, like you know, it difference. makes it. You really do think about it. Yeah, but uh, sure. I don't know if he would take it. You know, it's a good point. He might not take it. It's a big chance. He might just be like, "Nah, I'm good. Let uh, you know one of my other guys fight him." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't blame him either. So we've just got a few uh, quick questions to finish off with, uh, Clark, if you don't mind. Um, I've got uh, what we call the fast five, but then there's a, I think there's actually seven questions. <laughs> um, but they're quick ones. So favourite sub? Sorry? Favourite submission? I go through phases, you know, but like, you know, um, I like, someone asked me one time, what's your fascination with the, the shoulder because I like any everything to do with shoulder locks, you know, omoplatas, kimuras, you know, I, I love going for arm bars. Uh, uh, I find like that, you know, I think some people have satisfaction on certain, yeah. certain submissions, right? You think like what satisfies you when you get that submission? You know, I like the cross choke a lot. I love that, you know, but uh, yeah, omoplata is still like probably the most dynamic kind of like, you know, and, and because it's so um, specific to me, you know, like, I think I do it probably better than anyone I've ever met. Yep. Um, you know, like I, I feel like I've explored it in so much detail, you know, so. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm sure somebody will come out soon and, and if not already, you know, like doing Omoplata is amazing and finish everybody. But I remember seeing so many people get an Omoplata and losing it. And I'm like, no, you know, <laughs> I see them just like letting it go for a sweep for two points. But yeah, I would still say Omoplata or, um, Let's say uh, I actually got submission of the year the second time in 2018 Nogi World Finals. And uh, I finished the guy in uh, what I call pretzel plata. So I have an omoplata, but the, his leg is also inside. Yeah, so nowadays, that. that has become my favorite submission. It's like a, a branch off of the omoplata. Yeah, no, we, we were watching him fight at that Nogi Worlds. Yep. Yeah, we were watching. Yeah, yeah. You, you were staying with Cedric, right? And, uh, no, that, that that was there. We went for um two weeks, and my my brother came as well. But yeah, yeah we were watching. Uh, okay. Um, favorite opponent you've ever faced? Um, I don't know if I really have an answer for that. You know, like uh, I don't, I don't get. I'm not at the point where I feel like I'm not gonna fight anymore. So, I yep. would say my favorite is always gonna be the one that's to come. You know, like my yeah. next one because I get excited for that next one. I don't. You know, the ones before just become like you know faded memories. You know, and uh, you know, I've, I mean, I've had some like great battles, but um, I fought Otavio Otavio Souza three times. You know, I mean, I remember finishing some of those fights like just really gassed, and I just think like, man, what a battle! Like we we both of us can like barely stand at the end, <laughs> get the arm raised. You know, but uh, but I had some really good battles with him that were fun. Um, but yeah, lots, you know, but uh, always, always like, I'm always excited to do the next tournament. Always excited for the next Super Fight. So whoever's the next guy, that's, that's the one I'm excited to do. <laughs> I like it. Uh, favorite food? Man, um, you know, 
when I go to Brazil and I eat acai, man, in, in Rio, <laughs> it's like some kind of an addiction. I don't know if you guys have been there and, and tried it over no, there. but We haven't been there. That's one thing we do want to do. Yeah, definitely got to make a trip to the motherland at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, try that acai and, and, you know, if you eat it like two days in a row, you'll probably be, be hooked, you know, and it'll feel like you have a, a new addiction. You know? <laughs> you have withdrawal when you leave, go home. Yeah, cool. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, not really sure. Uh, I don't really have a favorite movie, really. That's all right. The next one to come, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, let's say Drysdale. <laughs> uh, gi or no gi? Uh, I, have, I have different, you know, feelings about both. You know, like with the gi, I love like the details, right? There's so many details, the grips, the options, the unlimited options. But there's something beautiful about Nogi too. And like, but you got to be ready to scrap for that. You know, you got to be ready to just like, just bump heads, put in that mouthpiece and go, go nuts, you know, like, uh, and just go at it like a, and it just feels like a lot more like a fight in a way, you know, whereas with the Gi, you can slow things down if you want, but it's, it's still a very, it can be very intense and can be an amazing fight. But, but with the no Gi, it just feels a little bit more like animalistic almost, you know, it's just, yep start getting sweaty and it's just going fast and it started, you know, the scrambles and, uh, you know, but I, I, I wouldn't say I, I'm not in favor of people to say, Oh, I don't like ghee because you know, this or that, or I don't like no ghee because this and that. I think we should do both. You know, I think as martial artists, we, we need to understand both sides. Yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, typically I would say ghee, but I've also maybe almost had more success in no ghee and I've had some great, great times in nogi too so yeah cool uh last question to finish up on is uh tell us something people would be surprised to learn about you um well i don't know you know i don't know if people really know me what that well outside of like my circle but you know i guess i'm really like um the things that i value and i really value like the family of jujitsu and and then coming home to my family you know like it's uh uh, I, re- I really enjoy the family time and just, you know, I don't know if it's something, you know, really uh, people wouldn't know about me. I'm scared of like horror movies. That's, that, that's one. <laughs> I don't like watching horror movies. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, uh, my, my values have become just like my family at the academy and my family at home. And like, I think, you know, you make those, those things strong and, and you're going to, you know, you're going to be good. Yeah, for sure which I'm sure you guys have that. You guys have that all in one. Yeah. Your family is your family. Yeah. 100%. We're very lucky in that sense. Um, Well, that's it from us. Uh, We won't keep you any longer. We uh, really appreciate you giving us time out of your personal life and um, sharing the knowledge of jujitsu and the knowledge of Clark Gracie uh, more about yourself and um, what it's like in San Diego at the moment with everything that's going on and, um hopefully it's all comes to an end soon and we can get back to normal and um yeah we'd love to have you out here um for one of your seminar tours again and come to our gym that'd be great get the shark down as well and um yeah yeah it'd be good but yeah really appreciate your time yeah thanks very much for joining us appreciate it right on guys yeah thank you i look just look forward to seeing you guys either out there or out here and uh you know it's an honor to be on your first episode and I hope, hope all the best for it. And, 
you know, shout out to all the viewers out there and all everyone watching. Thanks you guys for tuning in and uh, appreciate it guys. Thanks a lot. If you guys don't want to learn more about my style or anything, uh, I just put out my first instructional DVD with uh, BJJ Fanatics. It's called Automatic Omoplata. Uh, yep. so that's the first one I've done with them. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll, um, I might find the link to that and put it in with our YouTube uh, clip when we post that so uh, people can go to that and click straight on it and get onto the uh, Automaticum Applata, was it called? Yep, that's it. Cool. BJJ Fanatics. And if you guys come to San Diego, I'd love to have you guys here, you know. For nah, you guys, that's cool. that's definitely something we want to do again is come and uh, train at your gym and um, yeah, Coop had a blast the other time he was there. And, um, yeah, he wasn't there though, unfortunately. Yeah, you were doing a tour at the time, seminars and stuff, but we'll definitely be back there. Yeah, for sure. Was going to be this year until all this stuff happened, but maybe next year. Yeah. Hope so. Well, all right. Thank Thanks, Thanks, Clark. Thanks very much. Take Clark. care. Keep training and uh, see you on the mat, hopefully sometime this year. Yeah, Absolutely. cheers. 100%. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you.